48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The University of Hong Kong has removed a statue commemorating the 1989 Tiananmen Square incident. The Danish sculptor who put up the statue has expressed shock over the university's decision, saying it's not an easy task to dismantle the sculpture. And the World Health Organization says the supply of coronavirus vaccines for the COVAX scheme is increasing, adding there should be enough jabs for all adults around the world to be vaccinated by the end of March. The University of Hong Kong has removed the Pillar of Shame sculpture from its campus overnight after its governing uh, council decided it posed legal and safety risks. Maggie Ho reports. The Hong Kong U Council says it made the decision to remove the sculpture after receiving legal advice that it may fall afoul of the colonial-era crimes ordinance. It also described the 8-meter-tall copper artwork that featured faces and bodies piled on top of each other as a fragile statue that poses potential safety issues. Security barriers were erected around the statue overnight as loud construction noises came from within. An RTHK reporter saw a large wrapped package being moved onto a container at around four in the morning before it was removed from the campus later. The pillar of shame had stood at the university since 1997, but Hong Kong U says it has never approved this. The council said the statue would be placed in storage while authorities continue to seek legal advice on the appropriate follow-up action. Hong Kong U Council Chairman Arthur Lee had said on Sunday the university was still trying to sort out who owns the statue. But Jens Galsiat, the Danish sculptor who created and put up the statue, has claimed ownership of the work, saying all these years it had simply been on loan to the now-defunct Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China. He says he's shocked by the decision to remove the sculpture and told the BBC it's not an easy task to dismantle it. I don't think that it's possible to remove it because when we put it there, uh, then after that, they have been there in this place about 20 years. So they have built a lot of things around it. Uh, so I think it's necessary to put it in, in pieces to get it out of this area. And this is the reason I offer to come there and take it down and help them to do that because it's not possible for people who don't know anything about sculpture to do that. The ombudsman, Winnie Chu, has criticized the government for being too passive in the regulating the expiration of licenses for pet dogs. The ombudsman's probe found that in the past decade, licenses for more than 167,000 dogs were found to be expired, with 67% for at least two years. Ms. Chu said officials only take action against dog keepers over licensing when their pets aren't properly controlled or have bitten people. And she says that's not good enough. We consider that its enforcement action too passive. AFCD should be more proactive and strictly require dog keepers to observe the legislative requirements to license a dog. In addition, it should conduct random dog license inspections, require dog keepers to license their dog or renew the license by a specified deadline, and take enforcement action against offenders. Researchers at the Chinese University have found that a new way to perform urinary diversion follow-up procedure after removing the bladder of cancer patients is better than the traditional method. They say the operation will also help people recover faster. Patients usually opt to have their stomachs open for the reconstruction of a new bladder, but research led by Dr. Jeremy Teo said using surgical robots could complete the operation within the body and it would cut down on patients' hospital stay. 
Mr. Teo made the announcement after reviewing data from over 500 bladder cancer patients. This new approach was able to reduce the blood loss by about 22% and also reduce the hospital stay by about 12%. I think more importantly, because this surgery is so complex, one of the concerns is whether it will increase the rate of complication. And in our study, basically we found that the complication rates were similar between the intracorporeal and the extracorporeal approach. So it's safe, feasible, and has a potential benefit in terms of the recovery. The head of the World Health Organization has said there should be enough coronavirus vaccines for all adults around the world to be vaccinated by the end of March next year. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said the supply of vaccines for the COVAX scheme was increasing. However, he warned that wealthy countries were rushing to give booster jabs at the cost of poorer countries giving initial shots. No country can boost its way out of the pandemic. And boosters cannot be seen as a ticket to go ahead with the planned celebrations without the need for other precautions. Spain has announced plans to make the wearing of face masks outdoors compulsory again before Christmas as it faces a surge in coronavirus infections. The World Health Organization says Europe is again the center of the pandemic, but there are further indications that Omicron is not as virulent. Here's the WHO special envoy on COVID-19, David Nabarro. Clearly, this variant of the original virus is much more transmissible than its precursors have been. But you know, it does look as though it's not anything like as unpleasant for people as the original virus was. And so there is some sense that this is not going to cause the level of suffering that we have seen uh, in the recent past. A top infectious disease expert in the United States has warned vaccinated Americans against attending large gatherings because of the surging COVID cases. At a White House briefing, Anthony Fauci said people should only meet family and friends in small groups. I want to make sure this is not confused with going to a large gathering. And there are many of these parties that have 30, 40, 50 people in which you do not know the vaccination status of individuals. Those are the kind of functions in the context of COVID and particularly in the context of Omicron that you do not want to go to. A rust-colored 1875 almanac, a cloth envelope, and a silver coin have been found in a time capsule that sat beneath a towering statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee in the U.S. state of Virginia for more than 130 years. There were three books in total, all of which appeared to be water-damaged. Governor Ralph Northam said the books, once dried out, will shed light on what people were thinking in the late 19th century. As best I can tell, the three books and then... Uh, another writing that was in an envelope uh, is very damp, so uh, they're taking their time and, and trying to, their best to, to preserve everything, which is so important. The statue was long seen as a symbol of racial injustice in the city of Richmond, the former capital of the Confederacy. It was taken down in September. The time capsule was found Friday by crews working to remove the pedestal where the Lee Monument had stood. The European Commission has launched legal action against Poland, saying it has serious doubts about the independence and impartiality of its constitutional tribunal. It's the latest episode in a long-running dispute about the Polish government's sweeping changes to the judiciary. 
which the commission says violate the core EU value of judicial independence. From Warsaw, here's the BBC's Adam Easton. The Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki repeated uh, an argument he's made uh, in the European Parliament and uh, quite often recently that the Commission and the European Court of Justice are overstepping their powers and basically meddling in the affairs of member states where they have no competence and he has basically flat out denied the claims made by the Commission today. Mr Morawiecki insists Brussels has no mandate, basically, to tell Poland how to organize its judiciary. When Gabriel Boric is sworn in as Chile's president in March of next year, he'll not only be the youngest to lead the South American country at 35, but also the first in Latin America to sport several tattoos. The only question is whether he'll openly display them. One person hoping he does is Yumbel Gongora who inked the three elaborate designs that fill Boric's arms and back with sweeping imagery from his native Patagonia region. Of course, there is a part of me there in President Gabriel Boric's tattoo. But in the end, the tattoo belongs to the person who wears it. And when you see it ready, it's like you let it go. I think it's more the moment when you're doing it, when you're sharing the work, when you feel that it's a joint effort because you're doing the tattoo, and then the person who wears it has to take good care of it so that it looks its best. Mr. Boric, who scored a historic victory in Sunday's runoff over a one-time admirer of Donald Trump, has shunned the traditional suit and tie when he was elected to Congress in 2014 and instead wore rock band T-shirts, jeans, and even once sported a mohawk. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,137. That's 40 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $65 billion. Looking at currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 114.1 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. On to sports, the list of players currently dealing with the NBA's health and safety protocols has climbed toward 100 as uncertainty continued to mount about the availability of some of the league's biggest names for the Christmas quintuple header. Another two games were called off, pushing the total virus-related postponements so far this season to nine. And Dallas star Luka Doncic was added to the protocols list, a strong indicator that he may not be able to play when the Mavericks face Utah as part of the NBA's five-game Christmas lineup. Los Angeles Lakers forward Carmelo Anthony said the outbreak has been difficult on players. Well, I mean, whether it's a superstar or in anybody, you, I mean, it's, it's the unpredictable, right? It's the, you, you just don't, you don't know. Uh, this is what, what what we're dealing with. It's bigger than basketball. It's, it's 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 bigger than that. As we can see, it's it's affecting everybody. It's affecting a lot of different people. Uh, you know, people who are vaccinated, people who do have boosters. You know, so you just don't know what's going to happen, who is going to affect, how it's going to affect somebody. Um, you know, the 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 amount of time you'll be out due to your health and what you're feeling, the symptoms. And then on the other hand, some people don't have no symptoms. So it's just you don't, you don't know what to do right now, and I think that's the frustrating part for everybody. To football's English League Cup and the dramatic finish at Anfield. A much-changed Liverpool squad got an equaliser in the fifth minute of added time through Takumi Minamino to make it 3-all against Leicester City. The game went straight to penalties. It was 4-all with Diogo Jota on the spot. Jota now in sudden death. 
waits. Not the longest of run-ups to our left-hand side. Jotelow scores. It's low, right-footed, finds the bottom left-hand corner. Leicester City, who were 3-1 up, have squandered that lead. And Liverpool have won a sudden-death penalty shootout, thanks to Jota. And they will join Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham in the last four of the League Cup. Liverpool see off Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers still, as an opposing manager, cannot get that winning feeling here at Anfield. Liverpool will play Arsenal in the semi-finals. Chelsea fielded a handful of young prospects in their 2-0 win at Brentford. The game was watched by the BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball. It's all about squad strength, really, this one. Thomas Tuchel giving debuts to three teenagers for Chelsea from the start and Kepa Ariza Balaga in goal tonight, making three important saves in the first half to keep the game goalless at that point. And then in the second half, on came the big guns, Jorginho, Pulisic, James, Mount, Conte, all off the bench. Two of those subs who combined for the first goal with ten minutes to play. Conte with a fabulous little bit of skill, played it to Rhys James and his cross deflected into his own net by Pontus Janssen. And actually two more subs uh, who combined for the second goal as well. Pulisic tripped as he ran onto Mason Mount's through ball. Jorginho stepped up and stuck the penalty uh, away. Chelsea will face Tottenham in the last four. Luka Mora scored the go-ahead goal for Spurs in their 2-1 win over West Ham. Liverpool's match against Leicester was one of the five games they will have played within two weeks despite a surge in COVID-19 cases in the UK. Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson says he's concerned that no one takes players' welfare seriously. Mahata Malongo is chief executive of the Professional Footballers Association in England. He says the voices of players need to be heard. Their opinion needs to be heard because it's a, it's a valuable opinion in terms of shaping the game because what has been clear over the last few months is the only piece which can never miss are the players. Without players, there is no game. Uh, we do believe that the players have a, you know, a very strong platform and a very interesting voice and that voice needs to be heard because ultimately... You cannot continue playing 70 games per season. You know, uh, a player's average career is eight years. You know, it's a, we're talking about human beings here. To end the news, the top stories once again. The University of Hong Kong has removed a statue commemorating the 1989 Tiananmen Square incident. The Danish sculptor who put up the statue has expressed shock over the university's decision, saying it's not an easy task to dismantle the sculpture. The World Health Organization says the supply of coronavirus vaccines for the COVAX scheme is increasing. And just a quick look at the weather. Uh, it's currently 21 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 65%. And that's the news. From RTHK.
tears of joy and laughter. People shout and let everyone know there is hope for all to find peace. Oh my Lord, you sent your son to save us. Oh my Lord, your very self you gave us. Oh my Lord, that sin may not enslave us and love may reign once more. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 19th of. No, it's not the 19th. It's the 23rd. I'm looking at the wrong time. We've gone back in time. It's the 23rd of December. Two more days until Christmas. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew and also to the newsroom for the news this afternoon. On today's 123 show, we'll be catching up with Sergeant.